call the roll. Elder King? Yes. Palm? Yes. Fair? Here. Rummel? Present. Skidmore? Here. Ververe? Here. Wood? Here. Zellers? Aarons? Balde? Bidarsilov? Carter? Cheeks? Here. Clear? DeMarb, Eskridge, Gruber, Hall, Harrington McKinney, Kemble. We have quorum. Quorum uh, present. The council's in session. Alderman Revere. Thank you, Mayor. Good evening, everybody. We'll begin the uh, meeting with our usual customary suspension of rules. So I move formally to suspend rules 2.04 for order of business, 2.05 for introduction of business, 2.24 for ordinances, and 2.25 for resolutions for items so designated on the agenda. Motion in a second. On the question, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Alderman Revere. Thank you. I move adoption of agenda item number one. Is there a second? Motion in a second. Um, if you'll, you'll excuse me, I'll take a moment here to read it. And let me just preface, well, I'll read it and then make a couple of comments. Uh, Whereas America is a nation of immigrants and wave after wave of immigrants seeking a better life has built our nation and brought significant social, economic, and cultural benefits to communities nationwide. And whereas Madison, Wisconsin is such a community as immigrants have enriched our city's culture, increased our productivity, and innovation and bolstered our economy. And whereas Madison, and whereas mayors in cities big and small, including the city of Madison, foster welcoming and secure cities for all their residents, regardless of who they are or where they come from. And whereas mayors across America have called on the federal government to enact comprehensive immigration reform and enforce the nation's immigration laws in a humane manner that does not disrupt the lives of city residents. And in the absence of federal immigration reform, mayors in their cities seek strategies to protect and secure all their residents while ensuring that local law enforcement is focused on community policing. And whereas the U.S. Conference of Mayors is organizing a National Immigration Day of Action on Tuesday, March 21st, led by Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti, Chair of the United States Conference of Mayors Latino Alliance, Anaheim Mayor Tom Tate, and Providence uh, Mayor uh, Jorge Larraza, co-chairs of the U.S. Conference of Mayors Immigration Reform Task Force, <coughs> and Seattle Mayor Ed Murray, chair of the U.S. Conference of Mayors, uh, uh, Mayors and Police Chiefs Task Force. Now, therefore, it resolves that the Mayor and Common Council of the City of Madison join cities across the country in proclaiming March 21, 2017, Cities Immigration Day of Action, declaring a solidarity with the immigrant community and asserting its commitment to the values of diversity, inclusiveness, and equality. Uh, if I can just say a couple of words about the, the resolution. Uh, it mentions here several cities and their mayors, and I just want to use this as an opportunity on behalf of our city and the residents of our city to thank them uh, because they, along with New York City, have done most of the heavy lifting in terms of commitment of money and staff resources 
in regards to organizing national efforts and specifically in regards to uh, providing the litigation that is ongoing in response to some of the things that's that's come out of the uh, the, the White House uh, since since the third week of January. Um, they have selectively made uh, decisions to bring actions in specific federal courts, uh, particularly in New York and California, uh, occasionally in other uh, jurisdictions, which are uh, known to be sympathetic uh, to the rights of immigrants and to the civil rights of all people who are, are in the United States. And while uh, they've done their work, uh, I also want to thank our city attorney and our police chief who followed the, the litigation and have uh, joined in as a friend of the court in, in regards to uh, the continuing actions that have taken place. So uh, with that, uh, I'd like to share those, those thoughts and those thanks. Uh, further discussion on the resolution? Seeing none, we'll come to a vote. All those on the question, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Alderman Revere. Thank you. I do not know of any petitions or communications to be received this evening. I do understand that there are some early public comment uh, registrants, so that would be in order at this time, Mayor. There's no objection. We'll first call on Dan Ferber uh, supporting the wishing to speak on agenda item 15. And uh, we also have early public comment from Jen Jackson, neither supporting nor opposing item 59, but wishing to speak. So, Dan, let me Don. turn it. Don, I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate this opportunity to speak. And on behalf of the Sierra Club Four Lakes group, I want to thank you for what I presume will be a vote to join the gang of 25 cities in the United States that are moving to 100% renewable energy. Um, it's something we definitely need to do in this day and age, uh, and I'm glad to see that we've been moving in this direction. And I applaud the council members and committee members that have taken us to this point. Um, we had a, a forum at the library last week where we had leaders from Madison, Monona, Fitchburg, and Middleton talking about everybody's efforts to move to renewable energy, and it was interesting to see what each has done, and to a certain extent, perhaps they were leapfrogging each other. So I hope you will set a new standard for this area, for where we need to go, that the other, that will challenge the others to do likewise. So again, thank you very much for your efforts. Appreciate it very much. Thank you. Uh, any questions of the registrant on this subject? Seeing none, thank you very much. Uh, I'm 59, Jen Jackson. Good evening. My name is Jen Jackson, and I'm here to speak about the Rutabaga Paddle Sports Use Agreement. I support the concept of a business renting water sport equipment and providing instructional program for water sports equipment in Albright Park. For zoning purposes, these activities are defined as outdoor recreation. Albright Park is zoned as parks and recreation, and as such, outdoor recreation coding is considered a conditional use and requires approval by the Plan Commission. I am unaware of this project having gone before the Plan Commission and ask that this body ensures this step is taken prior to approval of this use agreement. Additionally, I am concerned that the Parks Department did not include the community prior to issuing their 
placemaking RFP and chose not to conduct a racial equity and social justice analysis. It is my understanding that these decisions were made based on the size of the project. I argue that a project that is so clearly intended to create community gathering space demands both of these efforts. It is counterintuitive to state that the goal of a project is to bring the community together, yet at the same time ignore the current park users and the community's voice. I believe that Rutabaga Paddle Sports will encourage healthy programming and increase lake access. Both of these are appropriate in a, pub in a public park. I'm also confident that as an experienced and industry-leading business, Rutabaga is more than qualified to run a successful business in our public park. That said, I am very concerned about the gaps in the administrative process that the Parks Department has overlooked. As you discuss this project tonight, I ask that you fully evaluate whether or not this project is ready for a vote. Not going to the Plan Commission is a significant error, and this must be corrected. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Uh, any questions of the registrant? If not, thank you very much. Um, do we have any other early registrants? We don't have any other early registrants. We've got three minutes before public hearing start. Is there any consent consent agenda? And yes, please, Alderman Brevere. Thank you, Mayor. At this time, I will present the so-called consent agenda. For those not familiar with our normal process here at the Common Council, we um, utilize a consent agenda, which will be moved momentarily by me. What this does is address most, the vast majority of the items on our agenda this evening right at the top of our meeting. So at this time, uh, I will move a consent agenda with the recommended action listed for each item on our agenda, except items which have registrants wishing to speak, items which require an extraordinary roll call vote and are not included on the consent agenda by unanimous consent, and items which colleagues have separated out for discussion and debate purposes. So I formally move the Recommended action listed on the agenda for each item with the following several notations and uh, separations. First, all public hearing items, which are agenda items two through nine, are not included in this motion. The following 14 uh, budget amendment resolutions are extra majority items, which will be recorded as unanimous unless a roll call or exclusion is requested. For the record, they are as follows. Agenda item number 17, a substitute resolution amending the 2017 sewer and stormwater operating budget to add a position of Public Works General Foreperson. Agenda item number 18, a substitute resolution amending the 2017 stormwater utility operating budget to add a position of Engineer 2. Agenda item number 23, amending the 2017 adopted operating budget of the police department by appropriating $20,000 from the contingent reserve in order to purchase individual dispensers of naloxone for the purpose of saving lives for those individuals experiencing an overdose of an opioid. Agenda item number 26, a substitute resolution amending the 2017 adopted capital budget to reallocate funding from water utility facility improvements to unit well 12 conversion to a two zone well in order to proceed with the Whitney Way water pipeline contract. Agenda item number 28, a substitute resolution amending the 2017 fire operating budget and accepting uh, staffing for adequate fire and emergency response grant if awarded from the United States Department of Homeland Security Federal Emergency Management Agency for 18 firefighter positions. Agenda item number 30, a substitute resolution amending the 2017 adopted capital budget for the Economic Development Division 
to appropriate $913,000 in general obligation borrowing authority for tax incremental district number 35 and authorizing the mayor and city clerk to execute a development agreement to fund a $913,000 tax incremental finance loan to Landmark Oaks Development Limited Liability Corporation or its assigns to assist in the development of approximately 109,000 square feet of office space and 353 parking stalls located at 2921 Landmark Place within the boundary of TID number 35, Tad Drive, West Belt Line. Agenda item number 33, a resolution amending the 2017 capital budget of stormwater utility and authorizing the City of Madison through the City Engineer to accept Dane County Urban Water Quality Grant awards in the amounts of $475,000 for Starkweather Creek Stormwater Treatment Project. Agenda item number 34, a resolution amending the 2017 capital budget of the stormwater utility and authorizing the City of Madison through the City Engineer to accept the Dane County Urban Water Quality Grant Award in the amount of $375,000 for Willow Creek stormwater treatment. Agenda item number 48, a substitute resolution amending the Parking Utility 2017 Adopted Capital Budget to increase budget authority by $115,000 for the Overture Center Garage Elevator Modernization Project. Agenda item number 49, a resolution amending the Traffic Engineering's 2017 Capital Budget to include accessible expenses and funding related to the construction of the Darwin Road Packers Avenue traffic signal. Agenda item number 50, a resolution amending the 2017 operating budget and setting the 2017 rates for the sewer and stormwater utilities. Agenda item number 51, a resolution amending the 2017 capital budget to increase by $6 million the funding authorization for the Judge Doyle public parking garage project on Block 88. Agenda item number 61, a resolution amending the 2017 library capital budget and awarding public works contract Number 7884, Alicia Ashman Library Roof Replacement. Agenda item number 113, a substitute resolution authorizing the mayor and city clerk to enter into a sole source agreement with the National Transit Institute to provide transit leadership training in Madison for Wisconsin Transit Systems and amending the adopted 2017 Metro Transit Operating Budget to accept the revenue for the estimated amount of this training of $50,000. The cost of this training will be covered by funding from Transit Mutual Insurance Company and the Wisconsin Department of Transportation. That concludes the list of uh, 14 budget amendments requiring actual majority items that, again, are part of this motion, assuming a unanimous vote will be cast for each. Additionally, for agenda item number 19, the motion includes adoption of the second substitute resolution, which is at my colleagues' places. Uh, the second substitute resolution authorizes the City of Madison to enter into a contract with Madison Central Business Improvement District for $50,000 to fund the continuation of the downtown activities program focused on existing plazas around the Capitol Square and State Street. As a note, the only uh, difference between the substitute and second substitute resolution is a correction in the title. Agenda item number 73 is a resolution awarding public works contract number 7692 Darwin Road and Packers Avenue Traffic Signal Assessment District. This, along with the next three items, uh, are all recommended adoption by the Board of Public Works at their special meeting last Friday. So the motion is adoption for item 73. For agenda item 74, similarly, a resolution awarding Public Works contract number 7837 Langdon Street Resurfacing Assessment District 2017. Recommendation of the Board of Public Works is adoption. For agenda item number 86, a resolution awarding Public Works Contract Number 7934, Madison Municipal Building, Window Asbestos Removal. Recommendation of the Board of Public Works is adoption. For Agenda Item Number 88, a resolution approving plan specifications and roadway geometry. 
for the construction of the Hill Farm State Office Building University Avenue intersection improvements. The recommendation of the Board of Public Works is adoption and as such on the consent motion. For agenda item number 102, a resolution by title only accepting the report and recommendations from the Common Council Organizational Committee Subcommittee on Police and Community Relations CCOC meeting a few hours uh, earlier this afternoon recommends re-referral of the resolution to CCOC and the actually the new council, Common Council Executive Committee and the uh, Equal Opportunities Commission and the Public Safety Review Committee. So the motion's re-referral. Agenda item number 144, a resolution stating that disposition of future lawsuits against the City of Madison and or the City, City of Madison employees will be subject to the direction of the Common Council with the assent of the Mayor. Uh, additional referral will be the Office of the City Attorney as part of this motion. So the items remaining on the exclusion list that have not previously been addressed are agenda item number 15, of which we have several speakers. Item 15 is a resolution updating the energy and carbon goals and the Sustainable Madison Plan in response to changing science and technology around climate change, renewable energy, and energy efficiency. Additionally, for separation is agenda item number 52 or at the request of Alderperson Aarons, a resolution authorizing the mayor and city clerk to execute loan agreements to fund a total of $650,000 of Madison Capital Revolving Fund loans to Tribe Nine Foods Limited Liability Corporation to assist with the purchase of food manufacturing equipment at a facility to be located at 2901 Progress Road and amending the 2017 Madison Capital Revolving Fund budget to add an additional $650,000 of loan expenditure authority. Additionally, I understand there's an additional speaker on agenda item number 59, a resolution authorizing the city to execute a use agreement with Rutabaga Paddle Sports Limited Liability Corporation to conduct rental, instructional, non-alcoholic concession, and other recreational activities at the Oldbrook Park Beach House for the years 2017 through 2023. And lastly, at the request of Alderperson DeMarb, separation on agenda item number 105, a substitute resolution stating the City of Madison's preference for converting Stoughton Road, Highway 51, to an urban boulevard within the Madison City limits and asking the state to study this option. So in summary, uh, the consent motion would include every item on the agenda save for the following, the public hearing items, agendas two through nine, and agenda items 15, 52, 59, and 105. Thank you. Is there a second? second. Alderman Clear. Thank you. Uh, I'd like to be recorded as abstaining on item 19, and I'd like to request separation on item 51, the Judge Doyle Square parking garage. Okay. Let me just note on 59, the one registrant we have is supporting uh, adoption of 59, and is available to answer questions. Oh, thank you. I, I misunderstood the tally sheet. I thought there was an additional public speaker beyond the early registrant. The one so then I would, unless there's a request for separation for Rutabaga Paddle Sports, that would be included for adoption in the motion. So uh, there's no objection. We'll put 59 back on the consent agenda, and the only items will be the, taken out will be the public hearings, 15, 51, 52, and 105. Is there any objection to putting 59 back into the uh, consent agenda for adoption?
Alder Pearson Aaron's changed his mind. Maybe I should have explained that. Sorry. Okay, so Alderman Eskridge. Thank you, Mayor. I need to recuse myself on item 59, please. So noted. Thank you. All right, so when we come to an adoption of this motion, we will be following the recommendations of all the items uh, contained in the agenda with the exception of the public hearing items, which is two through nine, 15, 51, 52, and 105. Anything else? Seeing none, we'll come to a vote on the motion. All those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. We'll now turn to the public hearings. And we'll declare a public hearing open on item two. Uh, doing business as Wingstop at 1234 Regent Street. The hearing is open. The recommendation is to re-refer for recess public hearing to the council. There is a no registration. So it's my understanding this is again to be referred with the item and the public hearing. Is that correct? In that case, we will not close the public hearing and I'll take a motion at this time to refer the matter. Uh, Alderman Revere. Thank you. I move to recess the public hearing and actually re-refer the uh, alcohol license application to the Alcohol License Review Committee. Is there a second? Thank you. And Discussion? I could just explain, uh, as we discussed at our last meeting, we're still uh, consider this application to be incomplete, and the Office of the City Clerk has been unsuccessful in securing the additional necessary information from this applicant. Thank you. On the question discussion, seeing none, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. That will take us to item number three, create a, uh, declare a public hearing on a resolution, an ordinance creating a section of the Madison General Ordinances to change the zoning of the property at 1302 to 1430 Reiner Road in the 3rd District. The uh, hearing is open. The recommendation to the council is to adopt with conditions. We have two registrations on this item. One from Ray Yunker, supporting, available to answer questions, and also from Mike Calkins, uh, representing uh, Snyder Associates, the former representing North Point Construction. Both of them available to answer questions and support. Are there questions of either of the registrants? Seeing none, we'll declare the hearing closed. And I'll take a motion on this last item from the uh, report of the Plan Commission. Alderman Revere. Thank you. I move to adopt the report of the Plan Commission with its recommendation, which is to grant with conditions. Thank you. Is there a second? Okay. There is a second. Discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Now we'll turn to the report of the Board of Public Works. We'll declare a hearing open on item 5, approving plan specs and schedule assessments for Yuma Drive resurfacing assessment district. Recommendation of the councils to adapt under suspension. We have no registrations and declare the hearing closed. <laughs> Item six, declare a hearing open on approving plan specs and schedule assessments for Douglas Trail, Lamont Lane, Acacia Lane, Loudon Lane, Guami Lane uh, for reconstruction assessment district for 2017. Recommendation of the councils to adopt under suspension. There are no registrations. Declare the hearing closed. Declare a hearing open on item 7, approving plan specs and schedule of assessments for South Stoughton Road Service Road, 
Remington Road and Blossom Lane in the assessment district for 2017. Recommendation of councils to adopt under suspension. There are no registrations to clear the hearing closed. Take a motion now on items uh, 5, 6, and 7. Report of the Board of Public Works. Aldrin Verveer. Thank you. I move to adopt the report of the Board of Public Works with its recommendations, which is adoption and additional note that a 15-year payback period for assessments for items 6 and 7. Thank you. Is there a second? Motion to second. Discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Mr. Mayor, I, yes. I believe we need to go back and address item 4. I believe that we didn't cover item 4. I'm sorry, did we miss a motion? You opened that public hearing, I missed it. Okay, item four, Alderman Verveer. Thank you. I think we need to oh, open the public hearing. Clear hearing open on four to change the zoning of property at 302 South Gammon Road in the 9th District. Recommendation councils to re refer the recess public hearing to the Planning Commission. The hearing is open. At this point, I'll take a motion to re refer the item and the public hearing. Alderman Verveer. Thank you. I move to recess the public hearing and re-refer the matter to the Plan Commission. Is there a second? Discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Uh, what does it leave us at? Eight? Yes. Report of the Plan Commission. We'll clear a hearing on the Madison General Ordinance zoning property at 4904 Trade Winds Parkway in the 16th District. Recommendation of councils to adapt with conditions. The hearing's open. There are no registrations. The hearing's closed. Declare a hearing open on item 9, a substitute amendment for the Madison General Ordinances changing the definitions of lot line, rear, and setback rear yard with respect to irregularly shaped lots. Recommendation of councils to adapt. There are no registrations, even though the hearing's well open and publicized. And so we will close it and now take a motion to adapt items 8 and 9. Alderman Revere. Thank you. I move to adopt the report of the Plan Commission and its recommendations, which is to adopt with uh, conditions, agenda item 8, and adopt the zoning uh, text amendment for item 9. Thank you. Is there a second? There is. Is there discussion? Seeing none, on the question of adoption, all those in favor, aye. 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 Opposed, no. Motion carries. That will take us to the remainder of the agenda. Uh, first item before us, Alderman Revere, item 15. That's correct, Mayor. Is there a motion? So I move adoption of agenda item number 15. Motion and a second on item 15. We do have a number of registrations. What I will ask, uh, I'll call two to three at a time. So if you can come up and be prepared, both microphones are available on either side. Uh, first is Raj Shakula, who will be followed by Devin Martin, who will be followed by... Janice Knapp Cordes. So. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Thank you, members of the council. My name is Raj Strickla. I'm the chair of the Sustainable Madison Committee, and I'm a father who is very proud that this city has chosen to address climate change with the urgency we need for a better future for this world and a healthier community right now. Right now. By way of background, at the direction of the Common Council, the Sustainable Madison Committee undertook a series of public working sessions seeking to update uh, community-wide goals on carbon emissions and renewable energy. 
From July through November, a work group of Sustainable Madison Committee members considered a range of, a range of information, received advice from experts, and weighed ideas from the public on these topics. In the end, advances in our understanding of climate science and leaps forward in technology led work group members to a clear conclusion, and that is that Madison should set its sights on 100% renewable net zero carbon energy. The resolution before you does three things. It establishes a community-wide goal of 100% renewable net zero carbon energy. It insists that city government lead the way and allocate city uh, resources to city agencies in order to start that process. And it provides a framework through which we'll regularly assess progress and report back to you and the community. We did not set a timeline for reaching these ambitious objectives within the resolution. Uh, to do so across the community reaches far beyond what city government can do. Energy policy is governed by state law and state regulators. But city government can control how it operates, and this resolution empowers city staff to develop a plan, including target dates and benchmarks, for achieving 100% renewable net zero carbon uh, goals for operations. Progress reports are built into the resolution and will keep us on track to meet community standards. The vote you cast tonight is the culmination of nine months of community discourse and community leadership, but it's really just the beginning. Politicians in the state capitol and in D.C. have made it very clear that they are not going to be a source of support or guidance on climate change or a whole host of other city priorities. We are on our own. Uh, that harsh reality makes me especially grateful, though, for that so many in our community have answered the call. The resolution has now been reviewed and unanimously approved as written by four city committees the Sustainable Madison Committee, the Committee on the Environment, the Water Utility Board, and the Board of Estimates. In each case, and in every public hearing on the issue, we've seen an outpouring of community support for aggressive action. Each and every person who engaged in this process deserves our thanks as a community. In particular, those members of the SMC, the Sustainable Madison Committee, who did the hard work of sifting through reams of complex information, and Alders, Wood, and Aarons, as well as four other co-sponsors, who demonstrated such commitment to ensuring our city moves as far as we can, as fast as we can. Thanks. Thank you. Our next speaker is Devin Martin, representing the Sierra Club, to be followed by Janice Knapp-Cortez. Good evening, Alders. Thank you for allowing me to speak. Um, I'll keep my comments brief. I'd like to just represent um, several of the members and supporters of Sierra Club who could not be here tonight. I have a stack here of over 209 comments from constituents from around the city in almost every single Alder district uh, within Madison. So I'd like to submit these. Um, I've also added some spreadsheets for each and every member so that you can go through the list um, and figure out who are your constituents. Um, taking off my Sierra Club hat for a minute, though, I'd like to say that I'm also a father and raising my son in the city. I moved to Madison specifically because it is a place that is amenable to raising a family. And tonight, I can say, for once, I'm really, really proud to live in a place like this. My grandfather was a coal miner in eastern Appalachia. Um, he developed black lung because of his profession. And I grew up in southern Louisiana. 
in the middle of a sacrifice zone for oil and gas industry. Throughout my entire life and throughout my family's life, I've come from places that have put their families on the front line to produce energy and to produce fossil fuels for this country. And we've paid the price. We've made sacrifices. And I would like to go back to my family in South Louisiana, to my family in Eastern Kentucky, and tell them that there is a better way forward, that we can transform an economy from one that requires fossil fuels, that requires extraction, uh, that damages frontline environmental justice communities, to one that is transformed into a clean energy future. Um, so tonight I'm going to go home and tell my son what a wonderful thing has happened today. And then I'm going to work to make sure that we hold the city accountable to the goals that it's setting. Thank you. Good evening. Thank you. Our next speaker is my neighbor, Janice Knapp Cortez, to be followed by Elizabeth Kit Reinders. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to speak this evening. I I speak in support of the resolution. I would also like to identify myself as a member of the board of Repower Madison. Most of what I'm going to say, I think you already know and agree with, but I think it's important to say it here tonight. 97% of actively publishing climate scientists agree that climate change is real and that we are causing it. We create carbon dioxide, one of the greenhouse gases, by burning fossil fuels. Two of the largest ways we do that in this country are generating electric power and driving cars and trucks. If we want my children and your children and our grandchildren and all the children in the world to inherit a livable planet, we must stop burning fossil fuels. This is a moral issue, a social justice issue, a health issue, an economic issue. Climate refugees already exist, and there are people in Alaska and the South Pacific who are losing the lands that their homes are on. In the South Pacific, the islands are being slowly inundated. In Alaska, land is collapsing due to melting of the permafrost, and we are partly responsible. A very credible case has been made that climate change was partially responsible for the crisis in Darfur and the civil war in Syria. As droughts increase, as agriculture is affected, we can expect more crises and more climate refugees. The growing season in Wisconsin has been affected, as has agriculture in California. The poorest and most disadvantaged people in the world are the ones who are hit hardest by climate change, by pollution, by threats to their health. Children raised in Los Angeles only have 75% of the lung capacity as other children in this country. But we're we're moving to the positive side tonight. Because the cost of wind and solar energy have been decreasing and decreasing rapidly in the last few years, this is a sensible economic decision. If we can produce electric power cheaper with wind, solar, and other renewable resources, then choosing to do so is sound economics. Also, moving to renewable energy will provide many jobs, for example, jobs in analysis, planning, conversion, and installation. This is a forward-looking resolution and will put Madison at the forefront of intelligent investment in the future. As Raj said, the federal and the state government are not looking forward, but about two dozen cities in the country are. By joining them, by choosing clean, renewable energy, we can make Madison a leader. I urge you to vote yes on this resolution, and I thank you. Thank you. Our next speaker is Elizabeth Kitt Reinders, representing the Sierra Club. 
be followed by Mary Pierce. Thank you. My name is Elizabeth Kotrinders. I um, direct was the um, Wisconsin Beyond Coal campaign for the Sierra Club here in the state of Wisconsin. I'm also a resident in Alder Rummel's district and a mother to three sons. Um, I want to thank all of you for the opportunity to comment on this by bringing it to the council tonight for a vote. Um, were there time? I could stand here and tell you about the conversations I've had with young entrepreneurs in this city and business people who share that they are counting on living in and running companies in a clean energy economy and that they want our city to provide that um, for them. I could share with you the thoughts, worries, and ideas of my 13-year-old son and about how he is old enough to understand that his parents and his grandparents' generations are making decisions that will impact his life his future, and the lives of his children and his grandchildren. How he, at 13, is worried by the short-sightedness of those who are putting the short-term profit of the few ahead of the long-term well-being of the whole. I could tell you the stories of the families who live near the coal plants that generate the energy that powers our city. They're not here, but they're there. About their asthma and their bottled water and their heart disease and about how those health and safety impacts do not fall equi equitably among all demographics. That across the country, our fossil fuel energy systems have impacts that fall along lines of race and class. But given the time, I will trust that you know many of these stories or that you will seek them out. So thank you for taking up this issue, for recognizing that leadership on climate and on clean energy will be local leadership. Thank you for being those leaders. This vote tonight is the first step in a long road that will require a lot of work, but this community will stand with you as we take it step by step. I am hopeful that you hear the voices of the community and that you'll vote yes on the 100% clean energy resolution. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your support of these goals and for your commitment to implement the actions it will take to achieve these goals. Thank you. Our next speaker is Mary Pierce to be followed by Paul Sheckler. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Mary Pierce, and I am a sophomore studying environmental studies and Spanish at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Um, I am here to show support for the 100% renewable energy goal for the city of Madison. I care so much about my community being a leader and taking action against climate change that not only did I show up here tonight during my spring break to give public comment on this matter, but um, myself and 20 other awesome students on the campus have started an organization to, with the goal to move the campus to 100% renewable energy as well. So I can confidently say that thousands of students as well as other organizations at UW-Madison stand behind this resolution and would be proud to see the city move in this direction. So just as our club believes that our campus should be a leader in the fight against climate change, I also believe that Madison should aspire to be a leader for the rest of Wisconsin and other Midwest states as well. I sincerely hope to see the city move forward in this direction. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for spending your spring break with us, <laughs> along with the other students present tonight. Our next speaker is Paul Sheckler, to be followed by Vivian Chappell. Hi, good evening. Um, I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir in that everyone believes that climate change is real and probably believes in this in passing this uh, this resolution. What uh, I think some people might um, 
misconstrue slightly is that when you have a, a topic such as climate change and there's two sides, um, it's, it's easy to subconsciously give credit to the other side because maybe they're a little bit correct. Um, and maybe because of that, it's not as important to, to act boldly and quickly. Um, but unlike politicians and celebrities and actors, scientists are not uh, provocative and they're, they're unassuming and they hate more than anything to get data wrong. So over the last 30 years, I mean, this, this has been uh, presented a while ago, several decades ago, and they've been trying not to prove that climate change is happening, but actually the opposite. They've been trying to crack holes in, in these theories. And today with modern technology, there's um, four that I know of, at least 40 um, models around the world. We have several in America, the National Academies of Science, NOAA, NASA, but there's also independent models in Australia and in China and Japan and in Europe and they're all independent and many of them require supercomputers to to model over several weeks and these models all independently came up with the exact same thing um, where in the most extreme 99.9% chance uh, that their data is wrong they're, they're seeing five degree increase by uh, the turn of the century, and that's Celsius. Um, that's 83 years. Uh, anyone who has little kids, that's within their lifespan. And that is pretty much, you know, into the world, or at least into of our, the world that we know it. Um, so it's incredibly important to not give any credence at all to naysayers who do not look, uh, you know, into anything except for their own financial interests the next quarter, the next two quarters, um, in order to really act in the interests of our, our collective humanity, we need to look long-term and really understand that this is beyond question. So it's imperative that we act very boldly right now. Thank you. Thank you. Our next speaker is Vivian Campbell to be followed, or excuse me, Vivian Chapel to be followed by Kendall Cop Copper Ving, I think. Hi there, I'm Vivian Chapel. I'm a Madison resident, and in the interest of time, I'm just going to be reading from some prepared remarks. First, thank you so much for your efforts in this area. I think it's great that you're considering this resolution. I would like to urge you to not only pass it, but move this project forward as aggressively as possible. There's a truism in the disaster preparedness and relief field. One dollar in mitigation saves four dollars in response. Put another way, for every dollar we spend up front on actions to reduce disaster losses, we can provide society with four dollars of benefit if we have the foresight to make that investment. Our state and federal governments currently lack this clarity of vision when it comes to the looming crisis that is climate change. I hope here that we can make a better choice. With pragmatic, thoughtful people in situations like these, words like feasibility come up. I hope you look to science and to that mitigation truism in the discussions going forward. And when the questions come up as to whether something is financially or logistically feasible, 
I encourage you to also ask the uncomfortable questions about what would really be feasible in an age of profound climate change. When someone asks the justified question, will it be feasible to reach this goal on such a short timeline? Also ask, will it be feasible for Madison families to afford groceries if the breadbasket of America and others throughout the world succumb to droughts and floods? When someone asks, will it be feasible to put up the money required to meet aggressive clean energy targets? Also ask, will it be feasible for Madison to provide enough affordable housing if we see a domestic refugee crisis because rising seas have flooded cities like New York, as some climate models now tell us could happen in as little as 50 years. I'm 31 years old, which makes me a senior representative of the millennial generation. We may be derided for our short attention spans, but we are not short-sighted. This is an issue of major concern among my peers and the youth coming up behind us. We need our leaders to take a serious, long view on this. Madison cannot save the world, but if Madison and other cities, states, and countries pursue aggressive policy right now to mitigate the effects of climate change, I believe it is feasible that this could turn out all right. Thank you. Thank you. And our final speaker from the community that we know of at this point is Kendall Coppervig. 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 And she is uh, another student, apparently repre representing numerous student organizations that I'll let you explain sure. if you desire to. So thank you for being here on your spring break as well. <laughs> thank you. Um, would it be all right if I passed out a few coffees? Absolutely. Please do. We'll share. <laughs> Hello, everyone. My name is Kendall, and um, I'm a junior at UW-Madison, and I'm here tonight on behalf of several student organizations that have signed on to a letter in support of this resolution, including the Sierra Student Coalition, the Associated Students of Madison Sustainability Committee, um, the Climate Reality Project Campus Corps, and the College Democrats of UW-Madison. Tonight, the Madison Common Council will vote on a resolution to adopt a goal of 100% clean and renewable energy. We, students of the University of Wisconsin-Madison, are in full support of this resolution. Madison currently relies heavily on non-renewable energy sources such as coal and natural gas. However, we are poised to become a national leader in clean energy if we vote to join 21 other cities across the nation, including Grand Rapids, Michigan, and Rochester, Minnesota, who have already committed to transition to 100% <laughs> renewable energy. Although Madison Gas and Electric has taken an important step in pledging to build, own, and operate a 66-megawatt wind farm in Iowa, Further action must be taken if we are to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and avoid the toxic pollution and environmental degradation associated with coal mining and hydraulic fracturing. According to the United States Energy Information Administration, air and water pollution resulting from coal and natural gas plants are linked to asthma, neurological damage, heart attacks, and cancer. Along with numerous public health benefits and energy independence, an investment in renewable and clean energy will also provide a boost to our economy. Renewable energy is one of the fastest growing industries in the United States and employs twice as many Americans as the coal industry. Furthermore, Stanford scientists determined a clean energy economy would result in savings for the average American family of $200 a year in energy costs and $1,500 a year in health care costs. Due to a myriad of benefits, most Americans are proponents of clean energy, 
A 2016 national survey conducted by the University of Texas at Austin found that 90% of adults agree that the government should be focusing on developing renewable energy. We, the young people of this city, wholeheartedly affirm this sentiment. We care deeply about the future of our city and planet and recognize that the actions we take today will determine what our world looks like tomorrow. Thus, we urge the city of Madison to commit to 100% renewable energy and to take the steps necessary to swiftly meet this goal. Our futures depend on it. Thank you. Thank you. As I previously mentioned, that's the last uh, public speaker that we have indication from. Is there anybody else whose registration slip we might have missed? Okay, seeing none. We do have many other registrants here. Uh, first to note, available to answer questions and registering support is John Becker representing Cranes. And I will then uh, continue to read the many uh, members of the community that are with us this evening or were with us this evening that have registered, uh, I think, universally in support of the resolution. And apologies in advance for mispronouncing any of these names. Uh, first is John Sumi representing Madison Gas and Electric Company. Again, these are all in support of the resolution. Mitchell Bray, representing himself and not his organization, apparently. Uh, Cassandra Steiner, Mary Jo Bauman, Stacy Reese, Jane Jumale. I apologize, Jane Jumale. Julie Borch, Borch uh, Sarah Lynn, Graham Lynn, Nicholas Dementrenko. Leave me as someone with a last name that is often mispronounced. I apologize. Uh, again, in advance, I'm mispronouncing these names. Kate Fleemer. Julie Melton, George Perkins, Stephen Ansorg, Sorgay, Caitlin Schultz, Lynn Shoemaker, Kate Schulte, representing Repower, 350 Madison Sierra Club, among other organizations, Patricia Hung, Seth Nowak, Michael Vickerman, Mac Robertson, Dan Street, Mary Jenny, Sheila Fitzgerald, Hannah Nowakowski, Terry Cohn, Michael Johns, Bradley Campbell, Dave Fallow, Sally Drew, Dan Slick, Andrew Trusty, Rebecca Miller, Ronald Miller, and last but certainly not least, Mary Ellen Schmidt. Again, each of those registrants were very much in favor of the resolution. At this time, are there any questions of any of our registrants? Alderperson Kimball. Um, I don't know if this is for Raj and or Raj and or Jeannie, but it concerns the timeline for the RFP. It looks like the chair of the Sustainable Madison Committee uh, is coming forward to try to address the question. Yeah, could you? Give us um, an idea of the t about the timeline for the RFP. Have you already started writing yeah. it? What's we have started the process of identifying the components of it. It certainly isn't written in in completion, but we're examining different uh, 
city's approaches to this, and I think we've got a collection of around 30 now that have, have committed to this kind of goal. We're trying to find the best, most suitable kind of analogs for Madison and hope to have that process started within a couple of weeks with the idea being we would have um, a consultant in place, hopefully by June, July kind of thing, and um, a plan in place um, by January. Are there any further questions uh, of Raj while he's at the podium? Seeing none, thank you very much. Further questions of any of our speakers? Seeing none then, discussion uh, on the motion to adopt the resolution. Alderperson DeMarb. Thank you. Um, this is really exciting that we are here at this point, and I just want to really reach out to the members of the committee that has brought this thoughtful work forward to the council and um, thank, thank them for their work and their commitment, and to all the other residents that have showed up here tonight in support, and for the hundreds of residents that couldn't be here, um, that we have some names of them um, in support of this uh, resolution. Thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, in case oh, okay. I, I will be supporting this tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Alderperson Rummel. Thank you. I would like to be added as a sponsor. I thought I had added myself, but apparently I failed. And I also want to thank everybody. Um, it's just been an, it's almost like somebody from the press called to me. I'm like, it's going to be unanimous, <laughs> I'm hoping. And so it's, but it's really good to see the, up, the uprise of people because that's what we need because we need to spread the word to people who think, well, I don't know if I can change or, you know, all those doubters that we know about. So thank you for everything. And, you know, maybe together we can, we can pull this off. Thanks. Thank you. Alderperson Wood. Thank you, uh, Council President. Uh, so I'll just echo a lot of what Alder DeMarv said. I would be remiss not to thank every, uh, every member of uh, every committee this has seen um, and every member of the public who's come out to testify tonight and at other meetings. Um, it's, this has taken a lot of time with a lot of people, and because of that, we, we continue to make it better. Um, I, I'm really excited about what this means, both for city facilities as well as for our community as a whole. Um, and I, I hope that all of my colleagues will join me in supporting this tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Alderperson King. I just want to point out that it's ironic on the eve of 45's um, proclamation that he's going to dismantle all of Obama's stupid climate policies um, that we're voting on this and uh, it's also ironic that we're going to keep all of these polluters specifically energy producing polluters alive probably based on that proclamation and they're all going to die because they're not going to have the health care that they're going to need <laughs> to survive it thank you alderperson errands Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, I guess it's not ironic. It's what brought us here. Um, if if we had uh, a federal government that led these efforts and the state government that that also contributed to uh, finding solutions to this, um, we wouldn't be put in this position. And, and let me just say that this is for members of the council and and for the public that this is just. Um, Act One, Scene One, <clears throat> and what we're doing is um, not just 
kind of the easy part. What we're doing is also the cheap part, which is um, hiring a consultant and putting some uh, plan together. But the uh, the real test will come later, and uh, and by later I mean when we have to invest in a much accelerated uh, commitment to renewables, um, uh, building solar installations, and uh, perhaps uh, buying wind power from uh, other providers or creating our own, making substantial investments in um, energy efficiency in our existing buildings and the buildings that we have uh, on the boards. So this will cost millions of dollars, and um, and that will be the test of, of really what's our commitment to do this and what's our commitment uh, to change both within the city government and then outside of it. Uh, part of what we attempt to do this, um, do this uh, particular resolution, is to set ourselves as an example for other institutions and organizations and corporations in the city. Um, and hopefully in due time, uh, the county will be on board in the school district, and uh, maybe in some year, um, even the state. Uh, but uh, we have to get it going, and uh, the moment is tonight. And uh, But again, this is the beginning of a long quest, long quest in which we're going to have to make uh, uh, decisions and choices and and be explicit about our priorities and whether that priority is um, uh, holding off climate change. Thank you. Thank you. Alderperson Fair. Thank you. Uh, just real quickly, I just wanted to add a, a little, a couple of anecdotes. Um, and, but first, thank you to the committee and to everybody uh, who's here to speak for this. is really important, obviously. Um, after the election, um, I had three different conversations with um, people a little bit older than me who have kids who are in college, and we were talking about, you know, the, all the terrible things that we were worried about and, um, you know, the, everything, all the things that we, all the topics that we know of and we're worried about and we're concerned about and working to resist, some of us, um, most of us probably here. Um, but it was really interesting to talk to those folks who had college students, college-age students, and the number one thing that each one of them said, and I've seen some data to back this up, that they were concerned about what the election was climate change. And on our radars, it was there, our being older, non-millennials, non whatever we are, Generation X. Um, it was there, but it was probably lower on the priority list to some of the other things. So I guess I say that as um, there's hope, you know. Um, young people get it, and they, see, they do see the long-term future of our world, not just our community, not just our country. So um, just wanted to add that and, and thank the young people for being here and for being part of this effort. Thank you. Alderperson Gruber. Uh, thank you, Council President Revere. I'd also like to thank the members of the public for being here. I'd also like to thank so many people who contacted us by email and particularly the residents of my district, but also I read through ones from other people and uh, really appreciate that and I wholeheartedly support this. Thank you. Thank you. Alderperson Carter. Thank you. I, I want to thank all the scientists that came before the scientists of today because if it wasn't for their hard work and their diligence, we wouldn't be 
right here, right now, voting on this. They might not have seen it. They probably thought there was light at the end of the tunnel that this would happen. But some of them aren't here right now. But they were the trailblazers in getting us to even acknowledge climate change. And I want to thank them, and I want to vote. <laughs> I think you'll have that opportunity momentarily as I don't see any other colleagues wishing to speak. So seeing no further discussion, we'll come to an immediate vote on the resolution uh, to adopt the resolution. Those in favor will say aye. aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries unanimously. Thank you. Chair will thank all the members of the community once again for joining us this evening and wish you all a good evening because I presume our galleries are clearing out at this moment. The next item on our agenda is agenda item number 51, a resolution amending the 2017 capital budget to increase by $6 million the funding authorization for the Judge Doyle public parking garage project on Block 88. Is there a motion, Alderperson Rommel? Move to approve item 51. Second. We moved and seconded to adopt the resolution. Alderperson Clear. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, I separated this not to vote against it because I don't think we have really um, any other good options, but to make sure that this doesn't pass without uh, at least noticing um, what we are doing here and the, the potential. Uh, road that we are going on to in terms of this project um, right on the heels of what we heard a few weeks ago about the municipal building project. And I, I just continue to be concerned, and I think we all should be very vigilant about uh, the way that these projects are going. There are, you know, more big projects coming down the pipeline uh, later this year. And um, if our Construction estimates continue to be well under the, uh, the actual bids. Um, we're going to have some serious problems through the, the rest of this year with our capital budget, and maybe we should just hold off for a moment while the galleries continue to clear. Alderperson Fair is volunteering to perform sergeant-at-arms duties for us. <laughs> Technically, Alder Rummel is the sergeant-at-arms. So. <laughs> The floor is yours, Alderperson Clear. I think Alderperson Fair has done a fine job. Thanks. Yes. Alder Rummel, thanks you for your service. <laughs> um, I probably didn't have anything else to say other than just <laughs> sounding the, the yellow caution light on this and, uh, and other city projects. So I didn't want it to, to pass unnoticed. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, seeing no further discussion, although Alder, uh, Mayor Soglin, would you wish to address us on this matter? Mayor yeah. Soglin. Uh, I just want you to know that we've assembled a staff team and we are looking at this issue uh, and seeing what there is in the marketplace, what there is that we might be able to affect in the rest of the year, especially in the next several months as we go to bid on more public works projects. Uh, this is obviously a deep concern uh, for all projects, not the specific ones we're referring to, but the entire capital budget. And uh, there may be some factors that are out of our control, such as the price of materials. 
but we're going to take a look and see what we can do. Um, I've made calls to several contractors, and we may even meet with some of them and, and, and see what might be done uh, to get uh, a better outcome. And we'll obviously report back to the council. Thank you. Alderperson McKinney. Thank you very much. I, I want to um, add my, this is not uh, to vote against it, but I'm glad my colleague did bring this up because as we're looking more at um, transparency and how we're spending our, our monies and being called into account, it is good that we don't just uh, automatically pa pass substan substantial um, uh, issues like this that we do take a look at it, that we do call it out, that we do let our constituents know that uh, we did look at it and ultimately uh, we made a decision for the best of the city. So thank you very much, Alder Clear, for, for calling that out. I appreciate that. Thank you. Is there any further discussion on the motion to adopt the resolution? Seeing none, those in favor of the motion will say aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. It takes us to agenda item number 52, a resolution authorizing the mayor and city clerk to execute loan agreements to fund a total of $650,000 of Madison Capital Revolving Fund loans to Tribe 9 Foods Limited Liability Corporation to assist with the purchase of food manufacturing equipment at a facility to be located at 2901 Progress Road and amending the 2017 Madison Capital Revolving Fund budget to add an additional $650,000 of loan expenditure authority. Alderperson Rummel, a motion, please. I move adoption of item 52, authorizing the mayor to execute and clerk to execute loan agreements with the Tribe 9 Foods. Thank you. Is there a second? Second. Okay. Moved and seconded to adopt the resolution. We do have two uh, registrants with us this evening, both in support of the resolution and available to answer questions. First, Brian Durst, representing Tribe 9 Foods, and Paul Jaden, representing MADREP. Again, both gentlemen are here available to answer questions. Are there any questions of the two registrants? Seeing none. Alderperson Ahrens. I thought perhaps first um, uh, Mr. Mikulczewski could give an overview of, of uh, the agreement and then I have some questions. Very good. So uh, economic Development Division Director um, Matt Mikulczewski is with us to uh, provide a summary of the arrangement that's been proposed here. Thank you. Good evening, everyone. Uh, what's before you this evening is a proposal to use uh, the capital revolving fund to assist Tribe 9 Foods. Uh, Tribe 9 Foods is a relatively new company uh, that includes the former RP's Pasta of Madison, Yum Butter of Madison, and Ona Treats of Colorado. Uh, those three uh, companies were purchased by an investment group called Natural Food Partners, and uh, they formed the new Tribe 9 Foods, of which uh, Mr. Brian Durst uh, is leading. The proposal before you uh, is two capital revolving loan fund loans. Uh, the first loan would be in the amount of $250,000. And this loan uh, could be reduced over a period of five years by $50,000 each year should Tribe 9 Foods meet certain job retention and creation standards. Uh, currently, uh, 
the two Madison employers have about 30 full-time equivalent positions within the community. At the end of year one, if they reach 35 full-time equivalent positions, 50,000 of that loan would be forgiven, leading up to uh, 47 full-time positions in year five. Uh, so that's the first of the two loans for 250,000 that again could be potentially forgiven should those job creation standards be met. The second loan is for the remaining $400,000. This would be a traditional loan uh, with a 2% interest rate for a term of six years uh, with an amortization of 10 years. And the borrower would be responsible for uh, making principal and interest uh, payments uh, as with any traditional uh, capital revolving fund loan. Uh, these two loans uh, will be secured by the city in three ways. Uh, the first is a unsubordinated mortgage on the food manufacturing equipment that will be purchased using uh, this loan, these loans. And I should mention uh, that, uh, again, the role of these loans will be to purchase manufacturing equipment for food, and uh, the location uh, of the project will be 2901 Progress Road, which is in the southeast side of Madison. So again, the first uh, form of securitization will be a non-subordinated mortgage on the equipment uh, of which the proceeds of the loans will be used to purchase. The second will be a personal guarantee from one of the Tribe 9 investors in the amount of $325,000. And the final form of security uh, will be a subordinated mortgage on the remaining equipment of the company. Uh, the Economic Development Division partnered with Madison Development Corporation to assist with underwriting this project, and MDC identified uh, some very favorable aspects of this new company. In particular, their projected uh, cash available for debt service is twice what is required to make their annual debt service payments. Uh, RP's Pasta uh, is a very profitable company, and all three of the former companies are anticipated to be profitable under the new arrangement. Uh, Tribe 9 Foods is also bringing significant working capital to the table that will help these uh, companies grow. And uh, the former executives of the former three companies uh, will be remain part of Tribe 9 Foods uh, to help ensure uh, the success of the new company. Uh, MDC noted a couple uh, weaknesses of the new firm. Uh, largely with the fact that uh, the Yum Butter and Ona Treats have historically uh, recorded operating losses, uh, but uh, uh, RP's Pasta can help carry them in the interim and, and help uh, assure that uh, the new Tribe 9 Foods uh, is profitable. Uh, that said, there is always some risk uh, that exists with a new venture uh, such as this. Um, in general, uh, staff is comfortable that the strengths of, of this uh, potential company outweigh uh, some of the weaknesses. And uh, we're also excited uh, with the fact that this project meets uh, many of the objectives of the Capital Revolving Loan Fund program. Uh, first of all, it encourages uh, new and uh, retention of existing jobs uh, for historically underemployed individuals, uh, given that this is a uh, manufacturing project. It uh, provides new basic sector employment within the community, which is to say it's an employer uh, that will draw financial resources into the city of Madison and therefore have a, a greater multiplier effect. And finally, uh, our economic development strategy, Connect Madison, outlines uh, the food system and food-based manufacturers as a key uh, area that we want to see grow within the city of Madison, and, and this certainly uh, falls within that industry cluster. Um, 
Should note that there are a couple of exceptions uh, to the capital revolving fund policy. Uh, first, uh, 650,000 exceeds the traditional 250,000. Uh, typically, these loans are not forgivable, but we are proposing 250,000 of forgiveness here. And also, typically, uh, we ask for a personal guarantee in the full amount of the loan. Uh, we are uh, going to receive a $325,000 guarantee. However, we also typically only receive a subordinated mortgage on, on these loans. Given that we will have a, a first position mortgage on the equipment that we're purchasing, we believe when you couple that and the personal guarantee uh, that we will be secured. Uh, if uh, the council uh, proceeded with this project, uh, with other projects in the pipeline for this year, we would still have a balance of a half million dollars uh, in the capital revolving loan fund loan. Again, uh, city staff felt strongly that this project uh, met uh, many of the objectives of the program, and uh, we believe that uh, the uh, new business will have the capacity to repay uh, the loan uh, debt that uh, the city would be providing, but that uh, should uh, they run into troubles, that uh, uh, we will be uh, well secured in the forms of the collateral that we have. I should conclude by noting that uh, the Community Development Authority and the Board of Estimates in their consideration of these loans uh, did request staff uh, to come back uh, in six months' time with uh, some suggestions on how this program can perhaps be uh, altered uh, to better meet uh, current needs and therefore uh, require less exceptions for future projects. And with that, I'd be happy to answer any questions anyone has. Thank you for your comprehensive summary. Uh, are there any questions of Mr. Mis Mr. Michalajewski? Alder Person Aaron's yes. follow-up uh, questions? Yeah, a few questions. Uh, you mentioned um, that this loan forgiveness uh, is not part of our uh, capital loan program uh, or policy, but an exception is being made in this instance. Um, what is extraordinary about this that would give rise to this very major change in policy where we're, we're forgiving a loan in five years? I think the assurance of the company to uh, meet certain job retention and creation standards. Um, so even though there is forgiveness within the loan, uh, there are requirements that, uh, that they provide. Um, those those jobs both retain and, and, and create. I think the other item that that as we were considering this request and and which is really the reason that the CDA asked us to, to further explore this program is that as from a competitive perspective, um, even though the capital revolving loan fund has a, a lower interest rate, Historically, when this program was set up, the, the difference between the rate that this fund could provide as compared to uh, the private commercial market was significant. Uh, so having uh, the lower rate uh, was a, a significant financial incentive. Sure. G given that commercial rates are as low as they currently are, um, it's less of an incentive to provide uh, the interest rate that's typically provided through the capital revolving loan fund loan. So in conversation uh, with the firm, with Tribe Bank Foods, the ability to provide a forgivable loan, which was was much more attractive uh, to them, um, because it, it it provided the opportunity to 
potentially reduce their debt service and therefore have more working capital available to help these three former companies grow. Yeah. Um, let's look at the, the, the cost of this or, the, or yeah, the cost in terms of the loan forgiveness. I mean, my just uh, sort of back of the envelope uh, uh, arithmetic indicates that we gained five, well, there are, no, we gained, but there are five additional jobs in year one. In return, we forgive $50,000, which is a cost of $10,000 per job. Um, over the next two to five years, if it is incremental, and it is not necessarily incremental, is that correct? I mean, they don't have to add three jobs each year. They could add all of the jobs in the last year? No, it, it is incremental. It is incremental. They, they would okay. have to add three each a, the in the state. So if they do add three jobs a year, that's $17,000 per job. Or, um, or our payment is about $7 an hour over that year. Um, do we have a policy in regard to how much we're willing to pay for um, living wage jobs? The, the, the closest standard that I believe I could compare is uh, the standard that was developed in the new jobs TIF policy a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. and that standard pegged sort of the maximum uh, that we would provide per job to the Small Business Administration standards, which is currently uh, no more than $35,000 per job. I see. So um, just a one-time forgiveness of 35000 So. That's, uh, so I guess so. This is a, a bargain at, at uh, seventeen thousand dollars. I'm just rhetorical question. Tell me what what is yum butter? They manufacture um, nut butters, so in particular peanut butter almond butter, uh, but they have typically their butters that in addition to, let's say, just raw peanut butter, uh, they have other additives to, to make the, the product more nutritious. Okay. And, and what does the other uh, company uh, make? I know what the RP Pasta makes, of course, oh, but what is the other one? Ona Treats makes uh, cookies and other snacks uh, with, for lack of a better term, a, a honey theme. Mm -hmm. And uh, their their product is also uh, paleo friendly. It's it's what? Oh. It, it's <laughs> paleo friendly for for those that are on the paleo diet. <laughs> it, uh. okay. All right. Um, now after after five years, is there any commitment to staying in Madison? Or I mean, do we know how long they're what they're lease terms are at Progress Lane, if that's what you said? Um, I, I don't know the, the specifics of their lease terms, but I believe it is, it's beyond the, the five years. Five years, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Alderperson Rummel, do you have further questions? Alderperson Hall, do you have further questions? Thank you. Questions? Very good. Uh, th this might be for Matt, this might be for Attorney May. I was hoping you could walk me through one more time 
the uh, the concept that the city has first mortgage um, interest in the equipment in in this agreement. It's my understanding that purchase money security interest doesn't maybe work quite like that. So I'm wondering how the city got to be the first creditor in line on this, like how that worked. Can you just walk me through that one more time? You want to Mr. Mikulajewski. Sure. So the the $650,000 loan that the city is going to provide uh, to Tribe 9 Foods uh, will enable them to buy uh, brand new equipment that totals $750,000 in value. And at the same time that, that Tribe 9 Foods is, is working with the city through this program, they're also working uh, with a private lender uh, to seek additional loan support to buy other equipment within the facility. The arrangement that we've made is that um, for the equipment that we're using, that our funds are being used to purchase, is that we will have a first position of security on that equipment and that that private lender, uh, we will not subordinate to them. So, so we will... In, in the, we will file a, a effectively a lien against that equipment, and it's not it's it's a different term that's used for equipment, but effectively a lien against that equipment. And um, should in the future, um, unfortunately, if we need to to collect on it, uh, we would then exercise our our right to that equipment. Okay, so you got you got PMSI on that. So all right, good good negotiating. Thanks. <laughs> Is there anything you wish to add, Attorney May? Uh, <clears throat> only that it's just a little different than real estate, but you're, you use a, usually a UCC financing statement to secure your lien, and you sell the equipment in a different way than you do when you foreclose on a mortgage. But the key is whether you're in first or whether you're not in first, and this agreement keeps us in first place on the lien on that mortgage or on that equipment. Thank you. Any further questions, Alder Person Hall? No, thank you. Any further questions? Seeing none, Mayor Soglin. What we're, what we're encountering here is similar to what we've encountered with the policies that we've established in regards uh, to TIF. And the point is what we're experiencing is possibilities in the private sector with entrepreneurs that we did not envision at the time we adopted these policies. So we have to show a certain degree of flexibility, but it means also that we're going to have to go back, re-examine these policies, and see what kind of changes uh, are in our future. The second thing I think we have to consider is the externalities. What are the consequences beyond the, the four walls, beyond the lot line of this particular investment? What will it do, in other words, to create the synergism and help us in terms at this location and in general in terms of food uh, production and food distribution and manufacturing in furthering uh, developing an employment base and investment base in in the city of Madison. So we will continue to, to, to do that and expand 
our, our own vision of our policies. The third thing we'll do is we'll look to see whether or not we need to recreate, in case the loan goes bad, a Department of Parks, Recreation, and Nut Butter, uh, and perhaps we can collaborate with the Beer Garden in <laughs> uh, being the only city in the country uh, on the lakefront uh, providing craft beers and nut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> Thank you. All this discussion is making some of us hungry, uh, perhaps. So, uh, uh, Alderpersons Rummel and DeMarb are in the queue. So, Alderperson Rummel. Thank you. Um, I think I asked to be added just over the weekend, but I want to make sure I'm added as a co-sponsor. Because two of the local businesses are um, from District 6, and they're leaving District 6. They could have left the state of Wisconsin, but through our negotiations with um, the team and, and, and the city, we were able to figure out a way, maybe in a, a unique way, to keep them here. And I was just thinking back to at the beginning of our, our, the presentation from the planning division about um, Imagine Madison. And there, if you remember the one slide where uh, the presenter was saying a lot of people kind of didn't care as much about the food economy as healthy foods. But healthy foods are being made here, and it will help our food economy to keep them here in this region. So, and I guess I also want to point out that we could have lost all those jobs. So that's a net loss of jobs. So, you know, when you average the cost of what these new jobs is, you know, I don't, you know, Alder Aarons is better at this kind of balancing act, but you, what would it be like if you lost those jobs and all the circulation of money and that goes away? So, you know, maybe those jobs, it's a, a piece of keeping them and then they promise to grow them. So I am supporting this. I'm, I, you know, there is some risk, but I think uh, Mr. Mikulajewski has talked about our, you know, what we're going to do. You know, some of the offsets uh, that was MDC um, made clear to us. And I just, you know, at the Board of Estimates, we did discuss having the, this cap revolving fund policy come back to the Board of or the Finance Committee. Uh, and within the six-month period, so that will inform us during the budget. Because here's a tool. We always talk about our lack of tools, and we have TIF. And in this case, TIF wasn't going to work. But this is kind of an awkward tool that's at least policy is at least 30 years old. So I guess it's time now to, to look again at that so we can, you know, kind of take these opportunities when they come up. Thank you. Thank you. Alderperson DeMarb. Thank you. I'll be quick. Um, first of all, I want to thank um, Tribe Foods for investing in Madison. We always look at what we're investing, but we have businesses investing in Madison to stay here and bring good jobs here. And I want to thank them for investing in Madison and for locating in District 16. Thank you very much. Um, we have more room for anyone else looking out there. Be happy to talk to you. Um, also, um, I totally agree with what Mayor Soglin had to say um, without maybe the, the comic relief at the end. Um, and, and that is we need to be creative. We have TIF in some areas of the city that um, is uh, able to provide loans that are loans. We call them TIF loans, but we, we know what they are. And, um, and sometimes 
we need to be creative because we do not have that tool. So yes, Alder Rummel, um, I agree that we um, we have some tools, and this was something that is um, unique. Um, and but based on what we already have in other places. And so I um, want to thank staff for being creative and coming up and um, retaining these jobs in this, this, these businesses here in Madison. I will be supporting it. I am the sponsor on it, and I hope you will too. Thank you. Alderperson McKinney. Well, thank you. I just want to make a note of the fact, uh, again, the exceptions to the TIF policy. I, I join in the mayor's looking at um, the TIF policy and to those um, districts that don't take advantage or don't have access to um, a generator that will bring dollars into certain communities that desperately need it. So I also applaud the creativity that was brought forward. Um, I'm expecting that this opens the door for looking at the TIF policy as it was designed and also how it will uh, really envision and hope um, to meet some of the synergy of the, uh, uh, the Madison as we move forward. So I just want to make a note of the exceptions and to hopefully encourage um, staff to continue to look at creative ways to bring such financing to areas that are desperately in need of that help that don't have those generators. Thank you. Alderperson Carter. Yes, I just want to also say that I'm really glad that this company is staying in Madison, that they were in District 6, now moving to another district. And for the record, you should have been in District 14, but I'm glad you're staying. <laughs> Thank you. Is there any further discussion on the motion to adopt the resolution? Seeing none, those in favor of the motion will say aye. aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. The final legislative item on our agenda this evening is item 105, a substitute resolution stating the city of Madison's preference for converting Stoughton Road to an urban boulevard within the Madison city limits and asking the state to study this option. Alderperson Rummel, a motion? I move the substitute. Second. second. It's been moved and seconded to recommend adoption of the substitute resolution. Any discussion? Alderperson DeMar. Thank you. Um, I, I promise not to keep you long. I know this is keeping you from whatever you're going to do for the rest of the evening, but I did want to bring this up. I have um, this item went through committee and was widely received. Um, looking at an urban boulevard versus a sunken highway um, seems to be uh, palatable by a lot of people. However, I have been contacted by um, folks that were on the um, Stoughton Road Revitalization Plan um, that brought this as an urban boulevard and the sunken highway as alternatives that the council adopted um, several years ago now. And um, I think one member of council is, I think Alder Palm was part of that. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think maybe the only member left at this point in time. Um, but I was contacted by, by residents um, that were part of that committee, and they were concerned that there wasn't a public process as part of this resolution. 
So, um, I, and I totally uh, identify with what they had to say, and I told them that I would speak to you all about that tonight. So, um, during the Stone Road revitalization process, there was a lot of public process in, um, that took place then, and there was an adoption, which included um, one or two alternatives. What this does is say we prefer one. And um, although there, there was committee meetings, of course, that they could have showed up to, there wasn't actually a process for the public. So I would um, ask this council when this comes back, and it will, um, hopefully someday the state will invest in Stoughton Road, um, that there really is a robust process that goes with it at that point in time. Not knowing who may be sitting on the council then, um, please remember this, um, that we, we do need um, to involve our public, even if the project isn't right in front of us, so they can have input. Thank you. Thank you. Alderperson Gruber. Uh, thank you, Council President Rivera. And uh, I'm going to spare you all my talking points in support of this, <laughs> including talking about the movie La La Land where they're stuck on the, on the freeway. <laughs> <laughs> and start dancing. If you haven't seen the movie, you should see that. Just for that scene, yeah. Uh, so um, just a few points, though. First, why I brought this up is because of my service on the Long Range Transportation uh, Committee. And at that meeting, we had a presentation from someone from the state, and I brought up the issue of, of an urban boulevard and how other cities are converting freeways to urban boulevards and, and with you know great results in terms of uh, better land use and connectivity and re recreating a grid of streets and, and making those streets complete streets, which are also accessible to pedestrians and bicyclists. And the person from the state basically said they weren't going to consider it. So my feeling is that this is a, a policy issue that we as the city should, should, should weigh in on. And it's really a policy decision as, in terms of what do we want our city to look like and function like. And... Um, you know, what is our vision for the future? And it, do we have a vision like Jane Jacobs for a walkable city or Robert Moses, which was, you know, build more freeways? And I think we've seen the results in cities from freeways, so I'm not going to belabor the point about that. But I do think it's a very important policy decision, not just for Stoughton Road, but for, for other areas of the city, um, for other future uh, freeway potential projects. And, and finally, just to close, to, to note that it's been people in the past speaking up against freeways, so-called freeway revolt, that is why we don't have a freeway, freeway through the isthmus. We don't have a freeway like that was proposed along what's now the southwest bike path. There actually, if, if you look in the history of Madison, you'll see that there was a freeway proposed there. And because people spoke up against it, those kind of things didn't happen. And our, neighbor, our neighborhoods are much better for it. Thank you. Thank you. Is there any further discussion on the motion to adopt the substitute resolution? Saying none. Those in favor of the motion will say aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. That takes us to items to be introduced from the floor for introduction. I believe uh, Alderperson DeMarb, you have one such item. I do. Thank you. Um, I have item number 46565, authorizing an amendment to the purchase and sale agreement terms for the purchase of the BioGateway property by Birdview LLC, as approved through 
resolution to grant an extension on the construction completion guarantee deadline March 31st, 2018 and the related charges. And the referral is to the Board of Estimates. Is there a second? It's been moved and seconded to introduce and refer the resolution to the Board of Estimates. Those in favor will say aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Any further items for introduction? Seeing, oh, Alderperson DeMar, do you? Action, but Alderperson I would DeMar. like, if appropriate, to take the time to thank Alder Gruber for his year of service to this council. Yes, and we will formally, of course, do that at our noon meeting on uh, April 18th. I, yes, this is his last this official is the meeting. Last regular I, I just really meeting. want to recognize that. And uh, there will be a resolution. and. Hopefully you'll be able to join us at noon on April 18th. Older person group are very good. So uh, we'll certainly uh, thank you again more formally uh, on April 18th. Speaking of our next meeting, uh, which is not until about a month from now due to the election, I do want to note several birthdays at this time. <laughs> so uh, happy birthday to older person Eskridge on March 28th and then our twin birthdays of older persons Wood and Palm on April 7th. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> for those on City Channel that couldn't hear, Alderperson Palm wants to uh, claim that he was on this earth first prior to uh, the young uh, youth. The youth, Well, that too, the, the youthful Alderperson would. Anyway, and then lastly, but not leastly, uh, happy birthday to Alderperson Hall on April 9th. Hopefully I didn't miss any birthdays between now and April 18th. I don't believe so. So uh, um, for perhaps the... Last time that I'll be up here, uh, Alderperson King, would you do a sound adjournment? adjournment. <laughs> been moved and seconded to adjourn. Those in favor will say aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. We stand adjourned until April 18th at noon. Thank you all. Have a good evening.